It's time for BetQL Daily, breaking down all the betting angles you need to put money in your wallet. I'm on Portland tonight. Don't hate the money line. Uh, I do think that they win this one outright. The Blazers do tonight. Uh, plus 106 is the last I saw there. Utah led this game 16-4. to It's been all Blazers since. McCollum breaking down. Ingles puts it up and in. What a shot by wow. C.J. McCollum with a change of pace, change of direction, and the floater. They will dribble out the clock, and how about that? Arguably the largest win of this season for the Blazers when it came to the importance, the difficulty, and the timing. The Blazers put together a masterpiece in Salt Lake City. On the BetQL Audio Network. Another night of winners, thanks to the Blazers, thanks to C.J. McCollum going over 22 and a half points. We won't talk about, uh, what was my loser last night? I had a loser in baseball. Oh, it was John Lester Day. I was on the Washington Nationals who had a two-to-one lead uh, as I took my kid to physical therapy, got home, and, and, and they blew it. They lost the game. But still, a money-making night here on BetQL Daily. We're back. No Joe O. Joe Ostrowski using some load management today. He doesn't play back-to-backs now, he says, Ross. Ryan Horvat here with Ross Tucker. You could find him on Twitter, Ross Tucker NFL. SpecUL Daily here Thursday, May 13th. Executive producer Eli Hershkovich with us, as well as board op Jake Hassan, director Dylan Burns, Jake Galley on graphics. We got a loaded show today. We got a full MLB card, which is going to begin in a few short hours here. We got more NBA action this weekend. We got the Preakness, we got UFC on pay per view. And we're going to break it all down with some great guests today. We got Black Jack Fletcher joining us. Dan Bach from Roto Grinders going to talk NFL. It was scheduled release night last night. So we're going to talk some week one lines. Uh, Tony Gwen Jr. is going to join us, talk some Major League Baseball. He does uh, the radio broadcast for the Padres. We'll talk a little bit about that division as the Giants won't go away. Uh, the Dodgers were struggling, but I think they're going to be just fine. And then we'll talk with uh, Pete Jensen as well. NHL postseason, that's going to begin shortly. We don't know officially when it's going to begin, but uh, we'll take a look at the NHL as well. But the biggest takeaways yesterday from the NFL schedule release for you, Ross. Well, first things first, actually, how have you been, man? I've been following your work. Love the stuff with Matt Nagy. I need you today because um, we'll get to the schedule in a minute here, but uh, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be in Green Bay this year, Ross. If you were a betting man, what odds? What, what do you think? What do you think the odds are that he's the week one starter? Okay, so there's a lot to get to here. First yeah. of all, though, before we get to that, hello, Ryan, yeah, or up? should I say Horvy, Horvat? No, yeah, Horvat. Yeah, you Va, got it, not man. that Horvat. Yeah. All right. So, what is your what what is your child going to physical therapy for? So, um, kind of funny story now that we've been through it all. So, week 17 of the NFL season. Uh, he got into a sledding accident, him and my wife, they went sledding and he went into a tree. So he broke his femur, which has been brutal, man. Like how old no is he this year? He's only seven years old. Okay. Which is a good thing and a bad thing, a bad thing, because I mean, you have kids, so you know how it is when they're in pain, you're in pain. Uh, yeah. we were in the emergency room, we were in the hospital for a couple days. So now we're learning how to walk all over again. We just started moving laterally, uh, at PT. Now we're throwing the baseball around. He's able to shoot the baskets now again. Um, so we're recovering pretty well, but it's been a long couple of months, man, where uh, it was like we did virtual learning, obviously, because of the pandemic. And then it was time to go back to school. And then my kid's in a wheelchair. So he's been doing virtual learning the entire year. He's still home uh, as we speak right now with me. 
it's been a long couple months, but it's it's getting much better. So the femur is that's the big one, like underneath your quad and hamstring, right? Yeah, man. And the only and it's crazy. dude, he must have gone into that tree hard. Yeah, yeah. And what was I? Was he on the same sled as your wife? No, he was by himself. And he just went flying into a tree. Yeah. So, dude, that's like my worst nightmare. My daughters are nine and seven. And where, where we sled, there are trees. And I yeah. have taught them, like, if you get anywhere near the tree, you bail, you jump off. Yeah. But sometimes they don't. Sometimes they still think that they can move it and maneuver it and not hit it. Yeah, man. And see, that's what's funny because, like, so on my mom's side, like the Gillespie side, we don't do things like this, like sledding, no skiing. I don't go skiing. I go with my buddies and I just drink at the bar while they ski. Actually, I don't do roller coasters. I'm not really an adventurous uh, type person. Nobody in my family is. So he wanted to do this sledding thing. I'm watching the Packers and I get this text message and it says, I think uh, Nathan, my son broke his leg. It comes from my wife. Don't kill me. We're going to the ER and you know, I'm watching the Packers for my job. So I had to watch the end of the game and it was, not a very enjoyable day of football, obviously, but um, we made it through, and uh, yeah, so it's been a long couple of months, but we're on the road to recovery now. Well, man. good for you, man, and you know, look, I, we're going to get into a lot of sports over the next three hours, but when your co-host mentions child and physical therapy, I'm not just going to let that slide. Like, I got to know what that is. I mean, I'm yeah. not, like, I don't know what's going on there, so I'm glad he's on the, the road to recovery. As for Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers, I think he plays for them this year, man. I don't think they're going to trade him. I don't think he's going to retire. I think they'll adjust the contract in some way to his liking to the point where he feels like he got something in return, financial apology, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think there's too many people like James Jones and John Kuhn talking about them being able to that it's fixable for me to not think that he's going to be there I, I i just think he's going to be there i don't think that he's going to end up getting traded so i disagree although it's interesting you're on the radio for one of our odyssey.com stations yeah in milwaukee every day give me like you know, give me the vibe. How, like, what side are people taking? Are people kind of seeing both sides, or are they anti Rodgers, anti Gutekunst? What's going on there? Yeah, as crazy as it sounds, man, I'd say it's like 40 60, and I'd say it's 40 60 in favor of the 60 being management. Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, like even the financial guy, Russ Ball, everybody takes the uh, front office side because I think. A lot of people, and the thing is, Ross, everybody keeps comparing this to the Brett Favre situation. And this is just so different than the Brett Favre situation. Whereas at the end of Favre's tenure in Green Bay, he was doing the fake retirement at every press conference, especially week 17. You know, it was always, ah, oh, gee shucks, I don't know if I'm going to be back next year. And finally, Green Bay, they had to move on, man. And it was also much different when they selected Aaron Rodgers, you have to remember, because there was some talk potentially that he was going to be the number one overall pick. Obviously, San Francisco went to, with Alex Smith. And he just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And then he was there. Meanwhile, Green Bay, to select Jordan Love, moved up in the draft. Didn't inform Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, that's the problem that I have with it. It's like you saw it a couple weeks ago. Tampa Bay informed Tom Brady they were going to select a quarterback. Andy Dalton hasn't even started a game for the Chicago Bears 
and Ryan Pace was on the phone with him, letting him know that they were going to select Justin Fields. Aaron Rodgers found out that they were going to draft his eventual replacement with the rest of us. And it was like 90 minutes before the draft. I remember he was on the Pat McAfee show and he was mentioning guys by name, which he never does. He was like, I like the Justin Jefferson kid. Um, he didn't really know anything about T Higgins, but he's like, I like the kid from Clemson. And then he's just sitting there watching this on television. Doesn't get a phone call. They draft Jordan Love, and then his phone starts blowing up, obviously. Uh, that's what he told the Kyle Brandt in that one-on-one -on -one interview that he did uh, from the NFL Network. He's like, then all of a sudden, family members and friends and everybody's calling me up like, hey, are you okay? Are you retiring? What's going on here? I just feel like, and especially with for, for somebody with the ego of Aaron Rodgers, and you know, we know he takes things personally, I think that that hurt his feelings a little bit, and I think that that's what this all comes down to. But, yeah, man, I'm actually kind of surprised. Um, a lot of people turn it against Aaron Rodgers. They boot him when they showed him on the screen in a minor league baseball game locally a couple weeks back. Really? Yeah. I'm getting called a Rogers fanboy, which again, like you could call me a Rogers fanboy. I root for the team that I cover to have the best quarterback possible. So like if there's a straight up deal for Russell Wilson that they could do, I'd be fine with it. But I just, I don't, I don't get why with the Super Bowl team, because the Packers are Super Bowl contenders. If Aaron Rodgers is behind center, if Jordan loves the, the quarterback, I have no idea what they are. I think you got to do everything in your power to bring him back. I'm not for firing guys in the front office. We don't even know. Do you think that's really what Aaron Rodgers wants? Because James Jones, John Kuhn, as you mentioned, former teammates, say that's not even what he wants. What do you think he really wants here? Just some respect? Um, yeah, I think he wants to control the timeline. I yeah. think he wants some respect, but there's no way contractually for them to be able to show that or determine that. So in the absence of that, I think he wants a contract adjustment that allows him to determine his exit. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's a two more years and then he's a free agent. Maybe it's just this year, then he's a free agent. Or I don't know if Green Bay will do that though, because Green Bay probably wants to be able to trade him, right? Yeah. So, but he doesn't want that. He doesn't want them to be so somehow he'll get, I think he'll end up getting more money and he'll get some certainty over the 2022 season. Yeah. And and I think that's how it ends, Ryan. I, I think he gets more money and he knows he's the guy in Green Bay for two more years, and then he's a free agent, maybe something like that. Yeah. You see, and that's the that's like what this all comes down to because. All he ever talks about is his legacy. And he said this, like, in, in all these interviews. He used to do a radio show, Tuesdays with Aaron, with uh, Jason Wilde from ESPN. And he said, the most important thing about my legacy, man, is it, it, I want to win as many Super Bowls as possible. I'd love to win six Super Bowl rings. I'd love to be Tom Brady. But for me, the most important thing is finishing my career in Green Bay. I kind of understand the beef that he has with the organization because he doesn't want to end up, like, he wants to be in control, like you said, of his own, of his own destiny and where he ends up. So, if he does play out the rest of his contract, then he's free to go wherever he wants. You know, he probably wants to go to San Francisco, obviously. That's that's his hometown team. He was reportedly saying, come get me to them. They had the third overall pick in the draft that they were able to package for him. But the Packers aren't going to trade him to another NFC team. They're going to do the Brett Favre thing, and he's going to end up in the AFC. He doesn't want that, obviously. So I, I do I do think he ends up playing this year because I do think that it's going to come down to either him playing or him sitting and I think he loves the game too much. Reason you know what I hope? You know what I hope? I hope he plays for somebody else. Yeah. And I hope uh, Jordan Love stinks. 
and that the Packers get what they wanted. Packers fans, Packers front office, careful what you wish for. I hope they get what they want. Look, Jordan Love should be ready to go. He's a first-round pick. It's his second year. He should be ready to go. And I that would be entertaining for me if Rodgers went somewhere else. Like, I like that the Patriots fan, that the Patriots weren't good last year. Yeah. Because what happens is the fans get entitlement. And Jake Galley, one of our producers, is even saying that. The fans get entitlement. They get so spoiled. They actually start to think that it's like the uniform that's winning the games. Yep. You know, like, or or the coach. I got news for you. It's not. It's the players. And I think New England realized that last year. I think they'll still realize it again this year. And I kind of hope Mac Jones isn't good. Because I just like people to realize how good they have it. Yep. Or at least they had it and appreciate that. And Packers fans have no clue, dude. Nope. They've got they've had 30 years in a row of a top five quarterback. I can't wait till Rodgers leaves. I can't wait. They remember what it was like before the magic man? That'll happen again. Unless Jordan loves more than we think he is, and yeah. pretty clearly more than the Packers think he is right now. Right, exactly. And see, that's what I keep bringing up to these people, Ross, is like everybody keeps saying, well, the Green Bay Packers are going to be here long after Aaron Rodgers retires, which is the truth. But I feel like these people forget when Rodgers broke his collarbone. I think they forget watching Brett Hundley. Um, wow, I almost said something that I probably can't say on the show. But Brett Hundley w- w- was awful. It was a disaster. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, that one half that he had to play where Rodgers injured his leg week one against the Bears a couple of years ago, you saw what happened. So – I'm with you. And the other thing is, if you move up to take a quarterback, even if he's a project in Jordan Love, like this year, Blake Bortles can't be the starting quarterback or or Swag Kelly. It has to be Jordan Love if Rodgers does walk away. If you move on from Rodgers, you can't have this transition quarterback. And that's the reason you pushed your Hall of Famer out the door. He has to be ready to go this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, And honestly, how could he not be? I mean, he was just there for a full year. Right. You know, and he's going to get all the reps this offseason. And by the way, this was the problem with them taking Jordan Love in the first place. Like the value is when the rookie quarterback's on the rookie contract. And now it seems like, I mean, they obviously want Rodgers back. So that would appear that they go at least 50% of the rookie contract for Jordan Love without actually getting him to play. Right. Which is bad, really bad. And by the way, they might work out some contract with Rodgers where it's 75%. I think that's what I think that would be fair. Rodgers is the guy for two more years. Yep. After Love's third year, he's the guy, but Rodgers gets to be like a free agent or something after that. Yeah, exactly. Well, the reason we're talking about this, we're going to break it all down. We one lines are out. We got NFL futures, and we're going to get Ross's uh, takeaways from the schedule released yesterday. All coming up here on BetQL Daily. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. Ryan Horvath, Ross Tucker with you today and for Joe O. Back chasing Stafford. He steps away and Stafford looking deep for Quintez. Cephas, Cephas into the end zone. He's got it. That's a Lions touchdown. And what a grab by the rookie from Wisconsin. What a grab and what a throw. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network.
is BetQL Daily. Ryan Horvath in for Joe Ostrowski today here with Ross Tucker. About to dive into the NFL schedule, which was released yesterday. Get Ross's big takeaways. Listening here on the Odyssey Network. Also live on 105.9 FM HD2. The Bet, Chicago's new home for wagertainment. We're also live on 1430 in Denver and KCBS HD3 in Los Angeles. All part of the BetQL Audio Network. Taking a look at some of these week one lines. Uh, Ross, what was your biggest takeaway from the NFL schedule? Do you feel like the NFL got it right? Joe had some beef with some. You know, to be honest, man, I'm just happy that it's going to feel more normal this year. It looks like it's going to be 100% capacity. Fans are going to be back in stadiums. I'm just, it's going to feel like the real thing this year. I'm just excited to get football back. Any uh, takeaways from you on the schedule? Well, so first of all, okay, I've never once heard a player or a coach complain about the schedule or blame that, blame the reason they don't make the playoffs or whatever, right, on the schedule. Never. Absolutely never. Now, are there certain things that are probably less than ideal at times? Yeah, I mean, there are. But remember this, okay? And I I had – Michael North from the NFL, vice president of scheduling. He was on the Ross Tucker podcast this morning. Woo, woo, woo. On the Odyssey app, I should point out. Check it out here on the Odyssey app. But he said it exactly what the deal is, Ryan. The the whole goal is to maximize revenue, to maximize ratings, to maximize the audience. Now, they put a lot of stops in place in the computer program, right? Like nobody has a buy before week six this year. Nobody has one after week 14. I don't think anybody has a road game after a road Monday nighter. I don't think anyone plays, you know, three road games in a row. Like they they do everything they can to have it be as balanced as possible. Are there going to be some years where – uh, one team got a little bit of a worse draw than other teams. Maybe one team's playing three teams coming off a bye and other teams playing none. Yeah, but honestly, like, if that's the reason why you don't make the playoffs or whatever, then you're just not good enough. I, I mean, some teams, by the way, aren't good coming off of a bye. But they're never going to be able to make it 100% equitable. What they do is they determine what – are absolutely must-haves and what's unacceptable from a competitive equity standpoint, right? Competitive equality. After that, they're going for the ratings, man. Like They're going for the ratings. That's what's most important. This is pro football. It's a business to try to drive the greatest ratings and revenue. And so that's what they're trying to do. So I never have a beef. I, I never think it's, that big a deal one way or the other. I don't think any of the complaints, even like three road games in a row, this isn't like like a long NBA road trip or Major League Baseball road trip. Like you go home in between, you're home for five or six days and you go back to the next game. It's not that big a deal. I mean, there are traveling salesmen that fly around twice a week to go to Chicago and then Omaha to sell windshield wipers. Like, give me a break. No, I'm with you. I had no beef. The only, like the only thing I do like the Monday night, the opener, the double header, which we're not going to get this year. Do you know why we're not getting that that second game? Does that make sense to you, or did anybody did anybody uh, give you that information? Because I didn't know that that wasn't wasn't a thing this year for the first time ever. So I think 
every network gets a certain volume and number of games. Yeah. Right. And I think ESPN, as opposed, instead of getting two games that first Monday night, they're actually getting two games on Saturday in week 18. Mm. So that's an extra game because of the 17 games. That's their extra game. So they got that Saturday, January 8th, back-to-back games on a Saturday, the only games on, and they're going to be games with playoff implications. So I think ESPN said, we'd rather have that. January 8th, Saturday, two games back-to-back and hype them up all week right. than just have a second game on Monday night of the, the first of the opener. Right. And the second game, I mean, that's for degenerates and people that miss football, but also a lot of people obviously probably tune out because they got to go to bed. They got to be up early. And the games are usually. I t- never love that. I'm an early riser. So yeah. I never love that like 10, 10 30 game Raiders, Chargers, or whoever it is. I, I, I was, I never love that game. No, I, it's always the Raiders, I feel. It's always the Raiders. All right. We'll take a look at some of these week one lines and then any futures or win totals that maybe you're interested in. Anything that jumped off the page. I'm really like the game that I'm most excited for is just that, that opener, the, 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 the Thursday night opener, September 9th, 7 20 PM kickoff. You get the defending champs at home, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I'm pretty high on this year. I think the bucks are going to be even better. Ross. Um, they're taking on the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get a good idea of what Dallas is going to look like this year. They're going to score a bunch of points. Who are they going to stop? I have no idea. The defense should be a little bit improved, but still um, the return of Dak Prescott is Mike McCarthy going to be an absolute disaster in year two or with a healthy quarterback. Is he going to figure things out? Uh, the Cowboys, six-and-a-half-point road dogs, and I love Dallas in this spot. Any uh, thoughts on that one or anything else as far as week one? Yeah, so, well, this isn't week one. Um, we can talk about, like, let's get into the week one lines then. But the first thing that jumped out to me, yeah, Falcons season win total. Do you realize, Horvy? I like switching back and forth between Ryan and Horvy, by the way. Yeah. I forgot about Horvy for a second. Do you realize the Atlanta Falcons play seven home games and 10 games away from home this year? Yeah. Seven and 10. And by the way, their opener is home against the Eagles, which means, and I pointed this out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, which means... In the last 17 weeks of the season, the Falcons have six home games. Six home games in the last 17 weeks. We've never seen anything like it. So remember, right? There's 17 games now. So the AFC is hosting the 17th game. So all NFC teams have eight home, nine away. But the Falcons gave up one of their home games to play in London. Now they got seven home, 10 away, but the opener's a home game. So six of the last 17 are home games for the Falcons. And and their season win total, with them sticking with Matt Ryan and drafting Kyle Pitts, has gone up to seven and a half. I kind of like the under there. You're getting plus money on the under. That's a lot of road games, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you said that, actually, because Joe was giving me a hard time because I just can't buy into Atlanta, Ross, because they're the same team every single year. 
They move the ball. They struggle to score when they get in the red zone. Hopefully, obviously, you know, now you got Kyle Pitts, so that should help there. But they struggle to stay healthy. And uh, I like the under as well. He was giving me a hard time yesterday. So I, I everybody's buying into Atlanta. I'm not. I'm not. And then the other team. Um, so I, I think New Orleans, I, I, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. They're definitely not Super Bowl contenders, you know, now that Drew Brees has moved on with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. But I don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody thinks. Some people are saying that they're going to win four or five games. I think they're going to still be a 500. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints still made the playoffs. What, what are your thoughts on them heading into the season? Are you as down on them as everybody else? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But, but no. are they going to be as bad as everybody thinks? Are they going to be a 3-4 win team like in the basement of that division? Because I think they're going to be competitive still just because of Sean Payton. And I know they're in cap hell, but they still have weapons. They still have a top defense, a decent enough defense. I don't know, man. I, I don't see them finishing. I got to get the new, the 17-game schedule in my head. You know what I mean? I was going to say. Well, right now on points bet, their season win total is nine. That feels about right to me. You know, that, that feels about right. Now, I don't, I don't know that that'll make the playoffs, nine and eight. It might. But that feels about right to me. So if you look in that division, they're at nine. The Bucks are at 11 and a half. Trying to look. This is weird how they have it set up on points bet. There's kind of all over the place. Atlanta's seven and a half. Carolina's seven and a half. So they still have them as second in the division. I think they'll be in the mix. I don't think that they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender anymore. Right. I don't think they're even a, a, a contender to win a playoff game. But they could win nine games and make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're going to be competitive. And I mean, like, I think Vegas thinks that too. And I think also, I think there's a lot of confusion, obviously, of who the Packers starting quarterback is going to be week one. But Green Bay opens up on the road in New Orleans, taking on the Saints. And when that opened up, the Packers were three-point dogs. I've seen it now, and it's it's off the board right now at points, but I can't even find it. Uh, last I saw, though, New Orleans was still favored by one and a half, which if Drew Brees is the starting quarterback for the Saints, that makes complete sense because last year the Packers go on the road week three or week four, forgot where it was, uh, and they were three-point dogs, three-and-a-half-point dogs, which made complete sense because you know the Saints were Super Bowl contenders. That's what I don't understand. I feel like that line specifically was made not thinking Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback week one, because how would an Aaron Rodgers led team that was a game away from the Super Bowl be three point dogs on the road? I get, you know, fans are going to be in attendance, hundred percent capacity, but still everybody's so down on the saints. How are they three point favorites over green Bay week one? Does that make any sense to you? No, I I would take uh green Bay and the points. Although it's interesting on points, but I'm not seeing that line up. Yeah, they took it off. They took it down, and it, and it dropped to one and a half. So I feel like we may not see that until we get some clarity on the Aaron Rodgers situation back on the board. But when it first opened up, three-point favorites the Saints were, which was uh, – That one's that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to no, me. Man. But and, and look, they got, that, that's obviously a heavy discount thinking there's a decent chance Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking, too. But, I, I mean, even if Jordan loves the starting quarterback, hell, even if Blake Bortles is the starting quarterback against this version of the Saints, I think that'd be one leg of a taser, uh, teaser that I'd look at, a six-point teaser. If I could get the Packers as nine-point road dogs against this Saints squad, um, that would be something I'd look at. The game the game that I'm most excited for besides the Thursday night, the opener, because I'm always out. Uh, you love the opener when you get the defending champs 
It's obviously against the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Whether you believe that or not, it's always going to be good. But um, I'm jacked for this Seahawks-Colts game because I'm really high on the Colts, and I love every move that they've made this offseason. They're going to give Carson Wentz some protection. He's got the weapons. Joe and I were also talking about this. Last year, he didn't have the weapons. He didn't have the protection. But a lot of his struggles, Ross, last year for Wentz were on him, man. He still holds on to the ball too long makes questionable decisions. Again, he didn't have the most talent. He was throwing the ball to Greg Ward Jr. and Travis Fulgham and didn't have a real number one receiver. But still, a lot of that was on him. What are your thoughts on the Colts this year? Are, are you high on them? They're two-and-a-half-point favorites at home week one against the Seahawks. Um, Man, I, I, I'll take the Seahawks there. I, You know, I'll, I'll kind of believe that Carson Wentz can play at a high level again when I see it. I would take the Seahawks on the road, getting the points. You know, Russell Wilson's going to be there in Seattle. He's not going anywhere. I'm going to I'm gonna probably be fading the Colts until Carson Wentz shows that he's back playing at a competent level because he was pretty bad last year, man. I mean, he was yeah. really bad last year. It's interesting. I, I guess I feel like it, it's fun to look at the week one lines. It's also fun to look at the – season totals for sure uh, i mentioned earlier atlanta was the one that stood out to me and i spent more time on the win totals than i did on week one but you're right there are some interesting lines even like the chiefs being favored by six over the browns at points bet that's a lot of points man six points for the chiefs uh against the browns team i think is pretty much as good as anybody yeah, we got about 30 seconds before the break. What is your favorite win total? Because we'll get into this a little bit more. Anything that you'd play today? Um, man, I kind of like it sounds crazy, I guess, but I kind of like the Bucks over 11 and a half. Yes. You know, they figured it out at the end of the year last year, and there's 17 games now. I feel like Brady wins 12 or 13, like he's back in New England. No, I think they're going to be even better. I mean, they had that five-week stretch last year. They just couldn't score points. We'll be back. We're going to uh, preview some horse racing this weekend. Black Jack Fletcher here on your uh, BetQL Daily. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.